Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy it. Today's sponsor is Alley Oop. We all know how important moms are for our kids, but did you know that one of the biggest influences on a girl's confidence and self-esteem is her dad? So if her dad says she's smart or fearless at sports or she can do anything she puts her mind to, she believes him, maybe more than her mom? I don't know. The praise and confidence a girl gets from her dad stays with her for life. There's a startup out of LA that is focused on just that. Started by a mom, it's called Alley Oop, and it provides a collection of fun challenges and activities that are specifically designed for a dad and daughter to do together as a team. There are no materials required, and you can access all the challenges virtually through the Alley Oop app, which you can download from the App Store. Just search for Alley Oop, A-L-L-E-Y-O-O-P. It's early access only right now, but if you use the code BOOKMOM, capital B for book, capital M for mom, BOOKMOM, all one word, upon sign-in, your favorite dads and daughters can check it out for free. Carrie Kinney Cartwright is the author of Just Don't Be an Asshole, A Surprisingly Necessary Guide to Being a Good Guy, which is a frank and very funny guidebook designed to help teach younger men how to have positive interactions, make good decisions, and recognize when they're being jerk faces. That's her words, not mine. Kara lives near Washington, D.C. and works in legal publishing. She married a total good guy, and through relentless lecturing, teasing, cash bribing, and tricking, they have raised two sons who are not assholes for the most part. If you happen to know her in person, her book is not about you for the most part. Hi! Hi, how are you? I can't believe it's you, Zippy. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it to see you on my screen only and not the whole world's screen is such a treat. Thank you for talking with me. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with your book. I ordered three copies of it. And one of my questions to you is, okay, so your book is Just Don't Be an Asshole, A Surprisingly Necessary Guide to Being a Good Guy. So of course I got copies for both my sons, but I kind of have someone else in mind I want to give it to. But how do you give this as a gift to someone who could use it without being completely offensive? <laughs> oh, it's so hard, right? Because as parents, we're allowed to call our own kids assholes, but we're not allowed to call other people's kids assholes. So I don't have the answer to that one. How old is the uh, it's actually, recipient? Uh, it's a grown man. Oh, well, then I think you can give it with good humor. I think that's fair game. I think that's fair game. If someone is a full grown person and is in need of this book, they should probably have a sense of humor about it. So. <laughs> what made you write this book? How did this come about? And tell listeners also what, what exactly it's about. Although I think it's, it's, fairly obvious, but you might not know just from the title, like how clever it is, although you probably would guess, but it's so cool. Anyway, you tell it. Well, I I think, well, and you've looked at it, so I'm really interested to hear what you think, but I, I think it's a direct and frank and funny and sarcastic guidebook to give our teen sons in that moment when it finally dawns on you, even though it's been totally obvious since the day they were born, that they're going to leave you and go out in the world. And as a mom, at that moment, I had this sort of panicky feeling. Did I tell them everything? Did I say everything? Did we, you know, give them everything they need to go out in the world and be the kind of man that we want them to be? But at that same moment, your influence is really waning with your kids. And in normal times, they're busy, right? They're not around. You have limited bandwidth and limited time to like kind of 
give them the messages you want. And so a little shock value, a little humor, and a very quick, concise direct instruction, I think is probably the best way to go in that interval. And so that's what this book is supposed to be. It's so great. And I love how you organized it, like how not to be an asshole at school, how not to be an asshole, you know, with your friends, with your family, in the world, to yourself. Like, it's just so great. It's like in every iteration. And I just wanted to read this one quote. You said, here's the thing. There's no way around it. You have to do school. You have to show up and do school every day until they hand you a cap and gown. Why? Because every employer is looking for doers, not quitters. It's just so great. It's like you have, like, you don't get a choice in the world. Like, you just don't. Like, this is it. And then you have, and then you have this little thing about, like, jerky things not to say, like, at six in the morning, like, go out and, like, to your parents, like, I need something for school. And it's, like, early in the morning and you have to, like, go get it. It's like, they're just such little gems all, all over. And I love, like, all the charts and the graphics. It's just so user friendly and so awesome. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because my hope is that any teenager who encounters this book laying around the house will pick it up and on every single page, maybe there's something, right? Like maybe there's a chart, maybe there's a sentence, maybe there's a poll quote, you know, some little thing that will penetrate the teenage mind. (laughs) And then maybe someday when they need it, they'll have that tool, they'll come back to it and they'll remember, you know, why it's important. So that's so great to hear. There's another book that came out recently. It's called How to Be a Grown-Up by Catherine Newman. Are you familiar with that? (laughs) I haven't. I've seen it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Your two books should be like the required go-to book for every teenager. Like every teenage boy needs to get this like little care package. You know what? I might like, maybe I could figure out a way to sell like a, anyway, now you have me thinking. But anyway, (laughs) it's just like, because I think as a parent, I have four kids, but one of my four kids is an almost 13 year old boy. By the time this airs, he will be 13. And it's such a challenge, right? Because you want to do your best to teach them how to be, you, you have to model good behavior, and yet they're off, you know, when are they listening? When is it sinking in? And at least with your book, it's like, well, when you're ready, here it is, you know, like, so they can, when they're receptive to it, now at least they have all the information. It doesn't have to be me being like, <laughs> no, listen to me. No, are you listening? Da, da, da. So anyway. Yeah, I, I'm so happy to hear you say that because it really was at at the time. So the the title of the book was actually the idea of my editor, Matthew Benjamin. And so at the time when my agent, Monica Verma, put us together for this project, my sons were a few months away from graduating high school and college in the same week. And so with that on the horizon, I really did want to create a a one-stop final insurance policy manifesto (laughs) gift. And also it gave me the opportunity to trick them into reading it, right? Because I had to (laughs) say, listen, guys, if there's anything in here that you feel is a little too revealing or a little too close to home, a little too embarrassing for you and your friends, like this is your one chance to let me know before it goes out in the world. And so, you know, that that all-in-one feeling that you're getting from it is really coming out of my own desperation to tell (laughs) my kids everything I want them to know before they were launching out into the world. So So not to put you on the spot or anything, but if you had to pick like the top three tips that were in the book for if there's a mom out there who has a a teen son or a son graduating and wants to share, like what, what are the three things you think the kids need to hear the most? Right. Well, I mean, it's not a big secret 
the golden rule is what this book is about, right? That other people who are not your teenage self are also human beings <laughs> in the world. And so, you know, it's it seems such a silly and old school message, but really, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but the teenage brain is not really good at appreciating that other people are also fully realized human people. And so, you know, I would say right now in this moment when we're captive with our teens, the chapter on family might be really useful to some parents because we're in this really difficult moment when our teens are disappointed, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're missing out on a lot of the things they had pictured for themselves this spring and summer. And so most parents, I think, you know, I do, <laughs> create in their home a safe space where their children can really be themselves and share their feelings and, and vent and, you know, be, express their true emotions. But the problem with being a parent of a teenager during a pandemic is they're venting it directly in our direction. <laughs> and so I, I think there's, there's a moment here where we have an opportunity to talk with our teens, to share our own humanity with them and to say, I, and to acknowledge theirs, yes, right? So I know you're disappointed about all the things you're missing, but I'm worried too. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about grandma. I'm worried about what you're gonna do this fall. I'm worried about you and your siblings. And so to the extent that we can convince them that we're also people, which I think we're maybe the last humans that teenagers ultimately recognize as humans as their own parents. If we can make a little headway on that during this very weird time, I think that would be a good thing for everybody in the house. I, I agree. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kara, how did you, like, where, how did you end up writing this book now? Like, what was the rest of your life like? Have you been interested in writing? Like, I don't know much about your, I couldn't find a lot of bio material on you out there. So what are, what are we hiding here? <laughs> well, that. Well, it's funny you should ask, Sibi. You're very perceptive because I was writing, um, I don't know, maybe close to 10 years under a pen name online. And I was doing a lot of mom humor and parenting humor. And I had published a little gift book. And so in 2016, I started having the feeling I wanted to do another project. And I wanted to address what seemed to me to be an increasingly mean America and to address what felt to me like just more and more rudeness in our society. And so I was pitching this little book and it was called something like, Have a Nice Life, How to Save America, One Jerk Face at a Time or something like that. <laughs> and so um, it was sort of similar to this book in that it was, you know, how to be nice at the movies, how to be nice at the PTA meeting, how to be nice, you know, when you're with your pets or just things that just seemed to me every time I left the house, I was just feeling so much like, is this how we live now? Like, is this how people act? And so that project was not successful in that it was sort of about being aggressively, vengefully nice in the world, which, 
was confusing for people. And then when Matthew Benjamin was talking to Monica Verma about this idea that he had for a project for teenage boys of how to be confident and brave and kind with a very simple bottom line message, just, just don't be an asshole. She thought, I think I know the right person for this project. And so when she put us together and we talked about our sons and we talked about his vision for the book and and my thoughts about raising my sons at this time, right before they were launching out into the world, it just, the stars perfectly aligned and it all came together. So it's a miracle. Every book is sort of a little miracle, right? <laughs> that everything sort of lines up with the right people in the right time and the right topic. And so, you know, I feel very fortunate to have worked on this project for my family at this time. So why a pen name before? And why not now? Well, I was writing something that I called Suburban Haiku, which were, my kids were small and I felt like 17 syllables was about how much I could write (laughs) in a day, but I wanted to do something that was intellectually stimulating and funny and fun for me to do. And it really gave me a sense of accomplishment. (laughs) to write a poem every day. And so my kids were small. I was writing observational humor about my neighborhood and my neighbors. And also I have a full-time day job in legal publishing, which is a very different culture. And so at that time I was using a pen name. And, you know, something we talked about a lot when we first got together about this book was you know, am I ready to stand behind this with my name and to promote it with my name, considering the cover and, you know, the title of it and the approach. And I was, because I think it's important. And I think it's true to, to our family and our family culture. And, you know, I'm happy to share my story. I wrote for a little while under a pen name also. I was doing a bunch, my first like foray into writing about parenting. And I I was afraid of like talking about my kids or exposing them. So I used yeah. my whole family. I don't know. Anyway, I used a pen name. And of course, like one of the first essays I wrote, like, got so much attention. And then like HuffPost TV or whatever it was called was like, wanted me to come on and talk about it. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now I can't do this. It's so, this was so long ago too. I don't know, 10 years or something. I don't know. Anyway, I was so frustrated. I I bet you I know that essay. I bet you I know it. You'll have to tell me after. Okay, I'll tell you after. (laughs) (laughs) But I had those moments too, right? Because you can't talk to news based outlets with a pen name. And so I ran up against that from time to time. And, you know, during that period of my life, it made sense for me, you know, to draw the line there. You know, it's funny because a lot of my fellow mom bloggers that I came up with talk quite a lot about their kids when they're little. And then as they get older, they get less comfortable with it and they say much less about it. And I sort of took the opposite path, bringing my whole family out of the closet because I felt like they were old enough to decide, like Mm -hmm. they were old enough to decide if this was okay, an okay thing to share. And, and, you know, if they felt all right with their names being attached to mine out there in the universe (laughs) with this content. And they did, they were supportive. It is like a really relevant issue for anybody who writes about parenting because, you know, the kids are not just they're not yours only. They're their own. As you're saying, the whole point is they're their own people. And I mean, I always ask my kids, like, how do you feel about this? But I also feel like as parents, sometimes I have to sort of, you know, overrule even what they think and be more like, maybe they're okay with things, but maybe they shouldn't be. And then I think, well, well, then I shouldn't write. I don't know. If I have any doubt, I don't put it in, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because their teenagers are not highly skilled at looking at long-term 
consequences even to themselves, let alone, you know, to to the people around them. And so, you know, there are times as a parent where we have to say, I don't I don't think you're really seeing how this is going to work out for you six months or a year from now. And let's talk about that. It's like really, it's a very important part of parenting is to help kids to think long term. And that's part of what I tried to do in the book is to make things very concrete and very personal because it's hard. It's hard with teenagers. It's a, this whole COVID thing, you know, they feel invincible. They think it doesn't matter. I don't feel sick. My friends aren't sick. Even when we do get sick, nothing bad's going to happen to us. And it's our job as parents to help them think about, well, what about me and dad? Like, what about your grandparents? What about the cashier at the place where you think you're going to stop and get a drink? Like, these are real people in your life. How would you feel about that if you knew that you were the cause of their illness. And so, you know, that's just just part of being a parent, right, is to sort of see the writing on the wall or look a little farther ahead than our kids can and, and try, try. We, we don't always succeed. <laughs> and try to and convince them. you wrap it in a bow of humor, right? Like, it's right. all so funny. And I think, I mean, that's the best way to reach kids. I mean, I think it's like when you make jokes or it's funny, they're so much more likely to listen than when you try to dictate uh, anything. So I can't tell you how many texts. So my, my sons are now 19 and 22. And so our 19-year-old is home from college with us for the summer. My 22-year-old lives on his own and knock, knock, you know, employed and all that good stuff. But I can't tell you how many texts, I ridiculous, ridiculous texts that I send to them. Like, you know, wash your hands, save the grannies. Like, <laughs> you know, just... And every time I see something on the news or, you know, you just get that mom feeling in your heart, like this is not like, did I tell them? Do they know? Are they going to do the right thing if they're not in front of me? You know, when my son walks out the door, you know, with his, I know he's going to ride his bike. I yell, I love your brain. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how I say, wear your helmet, right? Because he's 19. I can't say, wear your helmet. So <laughs> but I'm allowed to say, I love your brain. So, <laughs> you know, it it helps because you just get a second sometimes of their attention. And so it's in my family, teasing and sarcasm and humor, that's our love language. Like it's not for everyone. You know, if you're children are suffering from anxiety, you maybe don't want to say to them, like, straighten up or you're going to live in the basement forever. Like, that might not be the way to go. So you have to know your own kid. So <laughs> so what's coming next for you? Are you going to write another book? Are you going back to blogging? Like, what's what are you thinking? I don't know. You know, in a way, I feel like this book hasn't happened yet because it was published on March 24th and I haven't seen it in a bookstore yet. Like I haven't been with people yet who have read it. And so in a way, I, I feel like I, I'm still waiting for this one to really find its place in the world. And then after that, I don't know, you know, I never thought I would write another book after Suburban Haiku, but here we are, this happened. So, you know, maybe the inspirational strike and the stars will align again. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. Right now we're taking it day by day like everybody else. Yes. Good plan. <laughs> it's like the only way, only way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors? Yes. I would say keep trying. I would say keep trying. Just keep writing. The words that you write, even if no one reads them, they bring you closer to your true message and your your true audience and your true voice. And so, you know, I, I was writing haiku for a long time. Then to promote my haiku book, I started writing 
you know, sort of mom humor, mom jokes. And then, you know, as my kids got older and their perspective was changing, I was more interested in writing about societal things. And then, you know, that book about just being a nice person in the world, it didn't come to fruition, but it absolutely was the sort of the kernel of of what this new book became, which was much closer to my heart and with a much clearer audience who lived under my own roof. (laughs) And so, you know, things just have a way of building on one another. And so you may think you're writing the book now, and you may look back on it in a few years and say, oh, that wasn't the book. This is the book. And so just keep going, just keep going, you know, collect, collect your people, keep, be generous, be kind, keep your, take your tribe along with you and keep, keep growing as a person and your message will grow also. That's great. Excellent advice. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on my show and thanks for your great book. Sydney, this is so exciting. This is so exciting to see you on the screen and to be talking with you and to know that this book resonated with your family. And I just appreciate how much you love books and how generous you are with authors and, and with our, our message and, and lifting our voices up at this weird time, especially. So it, it's a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Kara. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to my podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you liked this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Zivy Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and sign up for my mailing list at ZivyOwens.com so you can always hear about the latest things I'm up to. Thanks a lot. Thanks to today's sponsor, Ali Oop, A-L-L-E-Y-O-O-P. Check it out at the App Store and start bonding with dads and daughters right away for free with code BOOKMOM, B-O-O-K, capital B, M-O-M, capital M, if that makes sense, BOOKMOM. <laughs> Thanks for checking it out. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.